everybody welcome to episode 266 of not the footy show it's a double up once again i'm warwick nicholson that's rob cox i hope you've gotten used to this because we've had recruitment whisperers episode two trebojevic is to the bulldogs you heard it here first and we've also got a lot of world cup stuff coming up cocksmith because that is what's happening this weekend it's arrived the season's barely finished for the nrl but we have some spectacular footy coming up on the weekend i'm looking forward to the world cup how about you all of our, well, a lot of our best players have jumped on birds and disappeared over to the Northern Hemisphere in the, in the old dart. And they're, uh, they're about to play for their um, uh, respective countries uh, or the countries of their great-great-grandparents' birth. I saw uh, a, a news item today that apparently uh, Sam Walker's great-uncle may have been from PNG, so they wanted to get him up there to play for them. Um, get him in. Get him I, in. Look, uh, last time I checked, Adrian Lamb. Wasn't he from PNG and he played for um, Queensland? So I don't know. It, well, why it didn't well, happen? Isn't that, isn't that Sam Walker's great uncle? Okay, sorry, that was my mistake. He, he wore number seven on his back. That must have been a link. Well, uh, all this... the Queenslanders, they're, they're <laughs> close enough, you know, up there. But, but PNG do consider themselves part of Queensland because, in case you didn't know, people, it used to be part of Queensland. Uh, do Absolutely. some do some googling. PNG <laughs> was annexed by Australia um, for a long time there. Numbers. I was yep. going to talk about numbers on the back. That's why I brought up the Sam Walker thing. Because we're going to talk about this again. We may okay. have covered it off and we nailed it in the last episode, the World Cup episode. But more news has come to light. And the best part of it is that now Meninga had no idea it had even been agreed on. <laughs> oh, when I heard Well, this, is that true? He didn't know he didn't know is, that it is all that been, true? No, no, no. So the way the story went is that he came out saying, Oh, I just heard of it. That's not completely true. He'd heard of it after it had been decided. No, that's BS. He'd heard he'd yeah. heard of it that had been decided. Then him and Hagen and whoever came up with the idea to, you know, show who's been playing for Australia the longest is why they get those numbers. But what I can't get over is that when I was back at the NRL, and it's a long time ago now, people, but it was the first year that Mal got the job at the Australian team. And he sat in a press conference and I was in the same same room at NRL HQ. And he said, and he says an article today that backs up what I'm about to say. 
He said, the number one thing I'm going to do as Australian coach is bring pride back into the jersey. It's going to be the jersey that you're going to want to wear above all jerseys in rugby league. It's going to be sacred. We're going to have things on the side that show how many test matches you've played for them to go with everything else. It's going to be the be-all and end-all. And somehow there's a memo that's come out from the Rugby League World Cup organisers a couple of years ago, and it had to have been a couple of years ago, saying, hey, people, we're probably going to do squad numbers for World Cup, and Australia didn't pay attention. They fell asleep at the wheel because there is no way known. If they'd known this had been done, this wouldn't have been leaked to the media to basically come down hard and put all the pressure back on the World Cup organisers saying there is no way we're allowing this to happen because now Mao looks like an absolute goose that he wasn't across, which is basically the most important thing from an Australian point of view, which is who wears the seven for Australia? Who wears the six? Who wears the eight? Who wears the ten? That are those iconic images from when we grew up, Cocksmith, of kangaroo tours. Now we're going to have, you know, Jake Trebojevich playing on the wing. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, see, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. But every time I see a story about, about the numbers thing, what I think to myself is that somebody, I'm not saying who, because I don't know exactly who, but somebody within the Australian team hasn't grown a set big enough to break the news to certain players that they won't be in their position. Yeah, DCE won't, won't be number seven if we do squad numbers per yep first choice team. Yep. yep. So 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 we're, this this woke kind of don't upset anybody attitude has now infiltrated the kangaroos. Can you believe it? Because this is what it seems to me is that nobody wants to break the news to certain players that they won't be in their their adored jersey number. They they don't they don't want to say to DCE or somebody like him that yeah we know you're the incumbent but guess what you're no longer the best. So when we give you your squad number, it's actually going to be number 17 or number 18. Um, that's the way it is. So suck it up, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> but the, I, I, I don't he was it. happy to have that conversation with Damien Cook. You're not in the World Cup squad anymore. <laughs> well, he didn't have the conversation, did he? I mean, oh, did he ring him? I don't, I don't know. Did anyone ring Damien and say, it's, it's, guess what, mate? You're not playing. It, it, like, look, traditions rugby league, there's some things that, yeah, we're happy to have them continue. This is just those visual things. I put a post up on a, a Facebook page I run called the Winfield Cup, and it was just a profile of Wally just taking a photo from the TV, and he's got number six on his thing. And it was my little way of saying, this is what you remember, and it has gone absolutely nuts because people looking at it, and the amount of comments, I didn't, didn't, I didn't lead them with a, with a caption or anything saying, you know, how good are numbers on the back of the jerseys, but everyone jumped on this part. Seeing someone in their, their actual positional jersey is just... It's iconic. And now there's you know, players who debut for Australia and they're going to debut in 21 and 18. And I, I to your point, it's just ridiculous that A, we've done it. We, we didn't stand up to the World Cup organisers in the first place and say, well, no, you know, we're Australia. We can afford more jerseys. We'll just do it our way, yep. which is one of the things we touched on in the last pod. But B, it's, it's our like, tradition. This is what we do. It's like, yep. what, what? how does it get to the point where they don't? As you say, just say, okay, Nathan, you're in seven. DCE, you're in 14. Or DCE, you're in seven. Nathan, Nathan Cleary wouldn't care as long as he's in that no. squad. The issue here, as you say, is would DCE be able to take the phone call? I'd hope he would be able to. But if you're not willing to do it, how do you know? You can't. Oh, just. Yeah. This, I, I think he would be able to. I think yeah. he would be able to handle the truth, mate. But somebody wasn't willing enough to say that, to say, Guys, look, we're going to have to go with what it, what we believe our best 17 is uh, and then the rest of the numbers will be made up in, in some kind of an order, whether it be seniority or whatever. But 
this is who we think our best 17 is before we go to the World Cup. And that, and unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, that's going to have to be the numbers for the, t- the tour. We've got, we have to have tour numbers. Not our fault. Sorry about that. But instead, they've gone, you know, and, and it, I don't know how true it is, but it sounds like Michael Hagen has come up with a, uh, some kind of a coded, crappy system that, you, you know, oh, they we'll, we'll, the first we'll, sort of time for Australia is the oldest and like, uh, because Tedesco's our, our uh, captain, yeah. we're going to, he can have number one because he's fullback, but the rest of you <laughs> are going to have a mishmash of numbers just so we don't offend anyone. But you know what they've done? They've actually probably offended everyone a little yes. bit, um, which is, which is uh, so many times it happens with, with social justice warriors and snowflakes that, they try not to upset anyone, but instead they just upset everyone a little bit. It's, mm. you know, uh, yeah. I, I thought I actually thought as an organisation um, the kangaroos were, uh, you know, stronger and bigger and better than that. But clearly I was wrong again. We're going to get to New Zealand in a second, those listening for New Zealand content. I just want to read the first paragraph of the article that I saw come up on NRL.com like an hour ago. The headline is, Big Mal's message is clear. It's all about the Jersey boys. Only Darren Lockyer and Cameron Smith wore the green and gold more times than Mal Meninga. So when the Kangaroos coach talks about making the Australian jersey the pinnacle, his words come with authority and authenticity. You can't make this stuff up. Okay, let's move on to New Zealand, buddy, because I think hold there on. is... <laughs> hold on a second. Let me just, just, just let me say one thing. Okay. It, only, it only seemed appropriate for Mal to say that when, once he was appointed Australian coach, right? Mm-hmm. So before that, it didn't really matter all that much because he wasn't involved in it. And didn't what's have a what's the game done for him? Remember, remember that comment? Yeah. Didn't, he didn't have a paycheck attached to being oh. the Australian coach. I, I like Mal's coach. If you're going to have a figurehead, he's a pretty good figurehead. He proved, proved that as the head guy at the um, Queensland team for so long. But it's like you've done did such people, a marvellous job, job at the Titans as well. Still doing a marvellous job. The culture there is spectacular. But, Unbelievable. Oh. I, I, he's fallen asleep at the wheel here, and how he's fallen asleep when he hasn't coached a game in four years is just beyond me. <laughs> Anywho, so, sorry, before you go any further, sorry, sorry, if, Dave Hurdle, there's a there's a plug. Yep. If you don't if you don't coach anything for four years, do you still get paid? Absolutely. Oh, really? Well, he hasn't lost a test match in three years. Okay, carry on. <sighs> New Zealand, I love their team, Cocksmith. Mm. The team looks absolutely delicious, to coin my favourite word. Yes, are, yes, I are, agree with you. They, they look spectacular coming into the World Cup. They pushed I, aside yeah. a uh, Leeds Invitational team. I watched the first half and it was just, it was men versus boys and this Leeds team, I think, had just made the Super League Grand Final. So fair effort from New Zealand. They didn't have Manu playing, they didn't have Pelley playing. A few other guys didn't get in the field. Yeah, Jerome Hughes, Dylan Brown, and they looked spectacular. This New Zealand side is the best New Zealand side I've ever seen. And they haven't even played a, wow. a test match together. Wow. This this is a, than- this is this is better than the team that won the World Cup in 2008. Wow. Uh, they got Australia okay. on a day there. They just got Australia on a Billy Slater on his day when he wasn't it wasn't all all going to plan for Billy. And they 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 took the opportunity and they won. And I'm including a guy that called B Marshall who may have been instrumental in that World Cup win. And I'm not diminishing that World Cup win. I'm just telling you how much I love this New Zealand side. Because mm. can we just go through what their, their best 17 is? Because I, I it, it, it bears it bears bringing up. 
Let's and Brad it. Arthur's a trailblazer for the New Zealand, for, for Michael Maguire. He's a trailblazer. Because remember when he picked Dylan Brown in the centres and you went, what is he doing? Yep. I can see Dylan Brown playing left centre for New Zealand in the World Cup. Wow. The reason for that is that you either can play Sebastian Chris at left centre and Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes in the halves, or you can play Dylan Brown at left centre and Kieran Foran and Jerome Hughes in the halves. I know what I prefer. Pause. And that's not a criticism of Seb Chris. He looked really good the other night. It's just mm. I want every ball player I can possibly on the field for New Zealand because with their forward pack, which is spectacular, I've used spectacular a lot, but that's the word for New Zealand's World Cup as far as I'm concerned. I haven't even mentioned Joseph Manu playing fullback. This is the team, Cocksmith, that I think they should pick in for the games that matter in the World Cup. Joseph Manu at fullback, Ronaldo Militalo. Uh, Dylan Brown, Peter Hiku, Jordan Rapana, Kieran Foran, Jerome Hughes. That's as good as what Australia will put out in this World Cup. And that's saying something. Oh, really? Hold on. I, th- oh, I, th- oh, I think it is. Oh, I think it's as good. I'm uh, not agreeing with you there on the backs. But go on. Let's hear their forward pack. It's not It's not if you don't have Dylan Brown at the centres. If you've got Sad Chris in there, it's not even a question that Australia's better. That's how much of a difference I think having four and six makes to the New Zealand team. Forward pack is... Uh, Fisher-Harris, Brandon Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Isaiah Papali'i, Joseph Tapine, with a bench of Jared Rhea Hargraves, Nelson Osofa-Solomona, Moses Leota, and then pick one of uh, Brenton, uh, Britton Nakora, uh, Murata Nikore, Scott Sorensen, Isaac Liu, Seb Chris, or DWZ. The New Zealand pack is just crazy good. And yeah. I actually think that Jesse Bromwich, if he wasn't like captain, wouldn't be starting if he wasn't captain. That's how good the, the uh, New Zealand pack is. Their team is stacked, Cocksmith. Their their forward pack is the best forward pack at the World Cup, By no my, doubt, in my yep. mind. Um, the interesting part is uh, Jared and Big Nelson, if they'll uh, maybe get into fisticuffs on the bench, sitting next to one another. <laughs> um, but, uh, look, I, yeah, I agree with you about the forwards. I can't agree with the backs, mate. I can't agree with you on the backs. Um, I, I think... But we all know that the big games are won usually by the forwards. So, you know, um, that will carry New Zealand through a long way. I, I just think they're – I think Foz is, is as good as he is, and I was a big fan of what he did earlier on this year. I think he's uh, – you know, to coin a phrase, I think he's running on old legs a little bit. Um, uh, and Dylan Brown is not the complete player yet that he could be. Um, I think we – we more than match them in the backs as Australia. No, no, no. I, I didn't say we're better. Did I say we're better? I thought we. I said that they were equal to. I didn't. I did, I didn't yeah, I thought they were as good as Australia's backs. But anyway. Well, I, I, I don't saying. think they're equal to Australia. If we had backs. Tommy in the in the three quarter line, I'd be disagreeing. I'd have Australia on the next level. It's just I think that Adokar and Talangi, if that's what they end up going with, brings us back a, a notch or two uh, to the Kiwi one. I just think you got to get four on the field. I think he just makes you, he's such a good ball player, especially tight, like with their players they've got around him setting up Manu, him setting up Kenny on the left hand side. I just really like that mix. Uh, the other option is they play Seb Chris at left centre. They can move forward into the utility role on the bench, which they might I do. I think that's, I think that would be a little bit of a safer bet. Um, but, but I still see, I still see a little bit of softness. When I say softness, I don't mean softness as in, I just see, I see a little bit of a soft underbelly. In, in their backs compared to Australia's backs. Um, I see, you know, if you start if you start talking about man for man, 
um, and, and matching them up. Forget about cohesion for a moment. Mm. But if you're looking at a team on paper, that's what you're looking at. And I think the team of Tedesco, uh, the ones we said last week. Well, it's Tedo. It's Tedo. <laughs> Teddy, Erica, Mitchell, probably Holmes and Tolungi. They're the ones that will be there the first game, I think it is. Uh, looks like is Jack Whiten's, Whiten's going to be on the bench and so is Campbell Graham with Munster and Cleary in the halves, even though I think DCE is playing the first game. He is, yeah. There's no Parramatta or Penrith yeah. players playing the first game. I just, I'm, again, looking at thinking of how this goes because the way this tournament works, everybody, is that Australia's playing New Zealand in the semi-finals if both teams win. It's unavoidable. That's what's happening. We're not going to... It's not if one team loses or finishes second in a group. It's just the way, the way that it's been matched up is that Australia will play New Zealand in the semi-final on their side of the draw. The other teams that could make it through are Fiji, Ireland and Lebanon on that side. And on the other side of the draw, you've got Tonga, England, Samoa, PNG, Cook Islands and Wales are the other sides. So we can't get an Australia-New Zealand um, final. But part of me is actually kind of happy about this. And, and the reason for that is that we're going to get a cracking semi-final. Like yeah. sometimes, sometimes finals can be disappointing, but semi-finals rarely are because it's like, yep. you know, and I'm happy with this because, you know, we're, get, we're going to be tested Australia by, as I say, I think this is the best collection of talent that I've seen in New Zealand side ever from, from my oh, perspective. Yeah, look, I, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you as far as for, for the longest time, I think uh, we are seeing a much stronger New Zealand time, uh, New Zealand side since we've seen, uh, that we've seen for a long time. I think that they're, they're definitely, uh, you know, we've got so many Kiwis in the NRL now that, yep. of course, they're, they're, you know, and being the premier uh, league competition in the world, they're, they're, they're going to improve and they certainly have. Um, I just, uh, I just think man for man, and I think it's, I think man for man Australia are better, but I think, um, I believe that that you know not having not being able to play New Zealand and Australia, I think that's a little bit of a scheduling problem that that the organisers have um, have uh, made a mistake there. I think well, that do they you, should do you been... accidentally pick a a, 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 a lottery ball back out of the um, the bowl? Oh and no, can't have that happen. No, but if it's a draw, and if you want to, if you really want to save your. Um, Probably your two highest ranked teams, so that they can't play in a semi final. I mean, you, do you want to leave every yeah, opportunity for England to make it? Why it would is I in England. It is in England. I get that. I get that. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, uh, in my in my mind, anyway, if England come up against either Australia or New Zealand in a the final, they're going to lose by thirty. <laughs> I I am struggling to look at England and go, they're going to make it to the final. Tonga and Samoa's sides, they are are stacked with ability. Now, do they have the legs? This is what I touched on before we sort of jumped into New Zealand. Do they have legs to match Australia and New Zealand? I don't think so. But these are very quickly put together teams, so they may not be the sides people that ultimately get picked. But this is just what I came up with the other day. And if players have popped out of the squads in the last 24 hours, I apologise. Samoa, Stephen Crichton, May, Tango, Suali'i, To'o, Milford, Luai. That's the Samoan backline. Handy. Their forward pack. Handy, yep. Uh, Junior Polo, Farmanu Brown, Alawai, Tulangi, uh, Sua, and uh, Josh Papali'i with a bench of Tapao, Tyrone May. Remember him? Um, Spencer Lino, and then uh, either HTF or CHT. That's a pretty good Samoan lineup, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, they can. They they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to you know they'll be pushing right in the semi-finals for a spot in the um, in the uh, big final. But uh, you know, I, I think they're a better team than on paper than England. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. So and then you got Tonga's side. Can I give you Tonga's side because it's worth go. having them back to back. Their team. Hopawade, so Will Hopawade, Daniel Tupu, Will Penasini, uh, Talakai, Siani Katawa, Junior Amone, Tui Lalahia, Fanua Blake, Havili, Taumalolo, Kalamatangi, Olokawatu, Kafusi, a bench of Fafida, Taukiaho, Totola, and then basically pick anybody else you want, Tessie New, uh, Kula, or Sunny Luke. Those forward packs for both Samoa and Tonga are just beasts. They've got players on their bench. Mm-hmm. That arguably are better than what we've got on our bench for Australia. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, and then, and, and like I say, this is the, this is the changing face of rugby league, mm-hmm. um, specifically the NRL. We've got uh, over fifty percent um, representation of Polynesian players, and um, this will bolster the um, uh, the Pacifica teams. Uh, there's no way that it can't. They're they're getting week in week out. Um, you know, very, very good coaching as well as uh, great competition to play every week. So it's going to make them better. Um, then, and, and therefore, you know, the Samoans and Tongan teams will be better. Uh, so they're on the same side of the draw sense. with England. And I'm not even going to go through England because I just don't rate them. I'm being harsh, but I just okay. don't, I don't see. Okay. George Williams is their main dude uh, in the in the halves. And yeah, I, he's, he's good, but is he better than what else is going around on their side of the draw? No, he's not. And I don't think they're... What is, what does Ricky think of George? Um, I'll have to give him a call and find out. Uh, PNG are on this side of the draw as well. Selkirk Islands and Wales. PNG will have a couple of players that you'll notice and that you'll recognise and a couple that you won't. Obviously, Johnson, Olam and um, Coates. Um, Johnson, Olam and Coates, sorry. Uh, Cook Islands have a few players that are pretty good. Wales have a couple here and there. But what we're going to ultimately come down to, Cocksmith, is if Samoa beat England, then I think it means that England will have to go through Tonga. Um, mm-hmm. in the quarters, which is not going to be easy. No, who's coming through easy. from that side of the draw? I mean, I, I think it's a push at the moment between Australia and New Zealand until we see them play a bit. But right now, who do you think comes out of the other side of the draw? Tonga, England, or Samoa? It's a toss up for me, but it's, it's Tonga or Samoa, mate. I don't see England coming through them. Um, yeah, I look at them on, on paper. I think probably Samoa are a little bit stronger. Um, but it'll depend on injuries and, and whatever else happens. Um, it's a it's a it's a flip of the coin for me on those two. Samoa had the better backline, but Tonga had the superior forwards. Yep. World Cups, so yep. they won in forwards or the backs. I mean, we don't see well, normally. Often, but... Normally, World Cups are a little more um, flamboyant, mm. wouldn't you say? Than a yep, grinding I would agree with NRL. That. And it's also in England so, where the ball will be, you know, pinged around a bit, slipperier conditions yeah. potentially, and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well. okay, if I have to put money on it, I'd say Samoa. Oh, I've been on Samoa the whole time. I keep looking at the pack for Tonga. They've got Fanua Blake and Taumalolo and Fafita and Takiao and Totola and Kolomatangi and Alakawatu. Feliz Kafusi might not even start. That is a cracking forward pack. But okay, I don't so trust... It sounds like you're off Samoa. No, no, but I don't trust their halves in Amoni and Lola here. Um, so playmaking <laughs> is my would, concern for Tonga. So Samara is mine. I reckon they'll play Tonga in the semi-final. I think England will get knocked out in the quarters. There you go. 
there's my prediction. Poor old Fiji oh, just don't have yeah. enough players available for them um, this tournament. They also play Australia did, first up. Tell me, did did Appy get over? Did he fly? Yeah, Appy's there, there, but the Sims brothers aren't. The Safidi brothers right. aren't. And if both those had been there, then you would have given Fiji a, a chance at, at maybe you know, upsetting a New Zealand or Australia in the in the quarters, but. Um, mm. Yeah, unlikely. I can't believe Ashton didn't. I didn't. I can't believe Ashton didn't get there. I saw him the other week. Did I tell you? No, it was Corbin. Corbin, I think, might be. Oh, it's hard. There's a lot of differing places of who's actually in the squads, and even though they've done this amazing, uh, you know, give everyone a number because that way you'll have your identifiable number the whole tournament. I don't even know who's in the squads properly. So, so no, no Tariq, no Tarek, um, and as I said, no Safidi brothers. So. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough slog for Fiji. I don't think we've missed anybody, Cocksmith. I think that's a pretty good summation of where we think. If, but we, let's let's go on the record now because it's the first week of the World Cup this weekend. Who's getting through the semi-final, Australia or New Zealand? Australia. I'm not, and I'm not even being green and gold about that, mate. I just see a bit more class um, in that team, Australia. Yeah, By how too. many? Were you, you were about to <laughs> no, say? no. You just told me Australia's going through. I'm with you. I want to. I, I want to make a massive case for New Zealand. I think I have, mm. but mm. Australia still have Teddy. They've still got uh, Mitchell. They've got DCE if he plays. They've got Cleary if he plays. They've got Munster. They've got a good enough forward pack. Uh, that's where New Zealand will get us if they do get us, as they might, you know, own us up front, which is my big concern. Yeah. But that's where we're softest. Pressure. Do I trust the, the playmakers for Australia more than New Zealand? Yes, I do. And that's why I'll go for Australia. So Australia Samara is both our World Cup um, finals. And I don't take any surprise in saying we're both taking Australia to win the whole thing, correct? Correct. Indeed. Well, everybody, that's 266. You've got two podcasts in one day once again, if I release them in the same day. Fox Smith, uh, <laughs> any last comments? We've got two games. To kick off the World Cup, I think it's England Samoa Saturday overnight, Saturday night, and then Australia Fiji. I think the next morning. Um, yeah, look, I, mate, I'll, I'll be I'll be watching the Australia game for sure, as mm. promised. And just earlier on, when you said that uh, you don't think we missed anybody, I don't think we did, especially in the last episode where we just stuck it right in the Seabold. I think it was fantastic. You didn't hear what we said in between podcasts either. No, so. and uh, you won't. Oh, <laughs> uh, you won't. I didn't just record. Or did I press record? I can't remember. Uh, we'll you speak to you soon, everybody. I've been Warwick Nicholson. That's been Rob Cox. Pleasure having your company as we're pumping up the episodes deluxe through the great month of yeah, September sure. and now into World Cup October. So bring on the footy. 100%. Take us out, Cox, man. All right, mate. I'll catch you soon. Pepsi. Not the footy show. Sure. You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi.